Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. Well, did anybody tell you yet that it's Father's Day? Hallelujah. It's Father's Day, and I want to challenge the men this morning. Today's message is going to be a little bit about fathers and fathering, but it's going to be more about manhood and even more about husbands and wives' relationships together. And even more than that, it's going to be about what God has put in men, how he has created us and what he wants from us, what he has imparted in us, the way that he's wired us. That's really a lot of what I want to talk about this morning. So men and women both alike, let's uh, listen up. We all know that uh, being a male and becoming a man of God uh, does not necessarily come out to be the same thing. Amen? You can be a male, but not necessarily become the man of God that he wants you to be. Being a male obviously qualifies you to enter into manhood, but it doesn't mean that you will. How many 30, 40, 50, 70-year-olds do you know that still have yet to grow up? I don't look around and point to anyone. I think it would be interesting to know the father-son relationship of some of these quote-unquote men who are rioting. Huh? Huh? I think it would be good. I think it would be interesting to take a survey of those who are rioting. I don't have anything against demonstrating rioting something else. I would be interested to know the father-son relationship in many of those who are rioting. And the reason I say that is because becoming a man means you take responsibility. We have to be responsible for our actions. Take responsibility. Do you know that in the garden, whenever we had the fall of man, it doesn't say the fall of woman, even though Eve was the first to take and disobey, amen? But whenever God was walking in the cool of the morning, he said what? He said, Adam, where are you? He was looking to the man to be the head, to be the, be the one who was responsible. Eve took of the fruit and gave to her husband. So what's that mean? It means he was right there all that time. And God didn't say, hey, Adam and Eve, where y'all at? Where are you hanging out at? He said, Adam, where are you? And he didn't ask Adam where he was at because God didn't know where he was at. He said, Adam, where are you? Because he wanted Adam to know where he was at in relationship with the Lord. And so I'm wanting to challenge all of us guys this morning. Where are you at? Where are you? Especially when it comes to the things of God. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, in verse 11, it says this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man... I put away childish things. You know, it's okay to still live as if you're young, but not to live childishly. There's a difference. I'm getting a lot of what I'm going to share with you this morning from a book that I read many years ago. It's called Wild at Heart. I have the cover picture here. 
It's by John Eldridge. And there's uh, several points, well, there's three points mainly that I want to bring from that uh, this morning that I want to share with us men. Wild at heart, the heart of every man is not suburban, but frontier and wilderness. Prefab, veggie burgers, faux leather, that is not a man. It's not a man. And you know what? I think there's a lot of us here this morning who would love to say amen to that. But you're afraid to because is it okay for me to stand up and be a man? Faux leather. Come on, get rid of that stuff. I want the real thing. Prefab. <laughs> no way. I want the real thing, man. And we as men should not be ashamed of the way God has wired us, the way he has put us together. Hallelujah. And you know, I think one thing that really proves that point, that men really are being overly domesticated, is the wildly popular TV program that's now in reruns. What was it? It was Tim the Toolman Taylor, Tool Time. Man, us guys, I think even gals like that show and still do. It's extremely popular. Oh, 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 oh. Man, it's manly stuff. More power. And that's the way God has really wired us. And men, don't be ashamed of it. Hallelujah. Eve was created in the garden. Flowers, plants, all of that stuff. And the Bible says that Eve was fashioned. Adam was made from the dirt of the earth. He was made outside of the garden, and then he was placed in the garden. And I think that that's one reason why we have at least 90% of farmers who are men. And we have 90% of garden shops, of flower shops, who are operated by women. It's no accident. It's the way we're wired, and men, let's enjoy the way that God has, de has designed us. Hallelujah. I think it's like this. God took a slab of clay, of dirt, and there's the potter's wheel, and he slams that dirt down on the potter's wheel. He doesn't even turn the wheel on because the word says he formed us, he made us. And he starts slapping that clay, slapping it, kind of, he created, finally made this man. He's chiseled. Well, we used to be. But a woman, he takes a rib and he takes some clay and he threw it down on the potter's wheel and he turns the wheel on and it begins to turn and he fashions it. Ooh, ma. That's the difference between us, guys and gals. It's the difference between us. Hallelujah. And I think that there's three things I'm going to get from this book here this morning that a man desires because of the way he's made. One, there's a battle to fight. Two, there's an adventure to live. And three, there's a beauty to rescue. And I want to spend the rest of the morning talking about 
those three things. There's a battle to fight. Guys, I think it would be a real tragedy for you to live your life, and when you get to the end of your life, you find out that there was a battle to fight, and you never showed up. We as men must show up for the fight. Hallelujah. If you haven't noticed, the world's in a mess. Huh? It's in chaos. There's some ridiculous mindsets out there today. I don't want to get off onto a tangent, which I could very easily. <laughs> but to defund the police department, how ridiculous of a thought, of a thought that is. But men, it's time for us in this chaotic world to stand up and to show the world what a Christ-like man looks like. Hallelujah. It's time for us to rise up. Lead yourself well. That means you are in the Word of God. You are in prayer. You are seeking the heart of God for your life. Lead yourself well. Lead, lead your family well. Give your wife and your children extremely good godly example in everything of life lead others to christ i had the opportunity friday was over in kokomo and i was at aldi's with jackie and as i was out in the parking lot there was a guy who was i found out was 91 years old and he couldn't get the coke case up out of his cart and into his car so i went over and i took the coke out and I put it in it just I just was able to strike up a conversation found out he was 91 years old he's still driving and he was still spry he was still pretty good shape and I asked him I said all these years you've had upon the face of the earth have you found Jesus Christ and he said oh he said I believe in God but I don't believe any further than that he said I, I don't have anything to do with that stuff and I said well Jesus Christ has given you eternal life you've had 91 great years here upon the face of the earth but he's given you eternal life he said i don't believe in that stuff he said i said well i would hope one of these days you would believe in the son of the living god who saved you from your sin he said well we'll find out someday and i looked at him and i said sir you most certainly will and all I hope, used to, I had such a burden, and I do still have a burden for those kind of people, but, you know, we can only do so much. We can't save them ourselves, but we can sure witness to them. Are you doing that as a man? Are you standing up and realizing that you are the mouthpiece of God? The days are short, but you know what? That's a good thing for believers. Jesus is coming back. That's really the title of my message next week. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. The first thing that a man must do is to fight for his heart. Guys, we have to fight for our heart. What is it that God has put deep within you? That just absolutely causes you to come alive. What is it? If it's childish, put it away. But God has put something deep within each and every man. And I'm 
challenging you this morning. Find out what that is. Find out what you would die for and then live for that. Hallelujah. We must find our passion. Praise the Lord. We must fight the devil. You realize that there's a battle on. Fight for your freedom, especially spiritually speaking. Fight for your freedom. Get free of pornography. Get free of the sin that's in your life. Get free in your mind so that you can have the mind of Christ and do the things that God would have you to do. Fight for your freedom. Too many men are just bound up by so many things. Fight for your marriage. Marriage is fun, but it's not easy. Sometimes it's not so fun. But it's worth fighting for. Hallelujah. Fight for your children. Fight for your school, your government, your community. Men, there's a battle to be fought. Praise the Lord. Fight for your joy. How many of you have allowed the devil to steal your joy? Fight for your joy. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and self-control. Fight for the Spirit of God to dwell within you for your joy. Oh, things can be tough. Things can be hard. Things can be grueling. But fight for your joy. Fight for your sanity. In a world that's gone crazy. Fight for your sanity. Hallelujah. And man, you can do it. You can do it. You and I were created for such a time as this. I really believe it. And remember, I'm talking to you about that there's a battle to be fought. It doesn't say, I'm not saying to you that there's a battle to win. The battle has already been won. Amen? The battle has already been won, but there still is a battle for us to fight. God has invited us to engage in the battle because he wants his bride to be a part of what he's doing in the, in the earth. But he's already won. The devil has already been defeated. All that needs to take place now is for you and I to engage and to be part of that battle. Isaiah 42, 13 says this, The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. That's our God. He's already prevailed against our enemies. Praise the Lord. Colossians 2, 15 says this, talking about Jesus. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers... He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Do you see that? What does the word say? It says in Galatians 6, 12, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But then this verse says, having disarmed principalities and powers. So we wrestle against principalities and powers, but those principalities and powers have already been disarmed. You're fighting an enemy that has no arms. <laughs> He's been disarmed. How about taking an uppercut on somebody who has no arms? That's what we're doing. Join in the battle, guys. It's already been won. So don't feel like you have to get out there and overtake the enemy yourself. That you're in this battle. The battle has already 
been won. Hallelujah. God is not a weakling. He's not a pushover wimp. And neither was Jesus. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Pull down those strongholds that are in your life. I don't know what they are, what your stronghold is, but pull down that stronghold and don't allow that thing to continue in you. Don't allow it to continue in your wife. Don't allow it to continue in your children, in your family, in your community. Let's pull down those strongholds and we will see tremendous things. If I do my part and you do your part, oh my goodness, what wonderful things can happen. So husbands, there is a battle to be fought. And the battle is raging. And I urge you to battle for your wife. Protect her. She needs to feel secure. Lift her up. Encourage her. She more than likely battles self-esteem. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but gals, I think most of you would agree with that. Most of you battle with self-esteem. She's battling with her looks. It might be her weight. It might be her wrinkles. It might be her shortcomings. Her spirituality or lack thereof. She battles not being enough or she battles being too much. I don't know of a single woman who battles being just right. She's got battles, guys. She is up against things within her, let alone all the things that are going on outside of her. And men, we need to be lifting our gals up and we need to be battling for them. There's a battle to be fought. Hallelujah. I like to battle for my wife. She's worth every moment that I spend battling the devil. Hallelujah. And men, when we battle for our beauty, we will become their knight in shining armor. Some of us shine a little more than others. Now remember, I'm talking to you right now about a battle to fight. You know, Jesus is our perfect example of a kingdom warrior. Think about this. He had to fight his way to the cross. Think about this for a moment. God had to fight his way to the cross. Why? Because he is eternal. He's the beginning and the end. He's the everlasting. He was there before the beginning, and he will be there forever. And he is life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So he had to do something. He had to fight his way to die because otherwise he cannot die. He had to make his own tree to hang his son upon. He had to cause his son to become man in order to die. He had to, even at that, he still could not have died if he had not taken on our sin because he was sinless, so there was no reason for him to die. In fact, he could not have died being sinless. Does that make sense? So God fought his way to death through Jesus Christ by taking on our sin. That's the only way that he was able to die. When you think about that, it is a powerful thing what our God has done for us. He fought the devil and he won with his word. He fought the critics and the skeptics with his miracles. 
He won every battle. He defeated every foe, including death in the grave. The war has been won. But men, we must enter the battle. Hallelujah. Fight the good fight of faith. Number two, there's an adventure to live. I like this point. There's an adventure to live, men. I think many men have fake adventures. There's video games. There's pornography. There's armchair coaches. There's a lot of fake stuff out there. But men, we were wired for adventure. Hallelujah. Now, an adventure may take you on a four-wheeler and it may wind up with a broken wrist. It may take you on a motorcycle trip and you may wind up with a broken ankle. It may be something simple, simple just as serving your community at a tenderloin supper and you sever two tendons in your other ankle. It could wind up that way, but without any adventure, there's no risk. And men, we are to be risk takers. We are not made to sit on the couch all of our lives and do nothing. We have been created to overtake, to overcome, to win. We've been made to battle. And we've been made to have an adventure. Hallelujah. And when it comes to this point, there's an adventure to live. I feel like we have some pretty awesome examples right here in our congregation. I was thinking of different ones. I'm sure I'm going to leave someone out who is a real adventurous. But first of all, I want to mention Kevin Harner. Where's Kevin? Over here, Kevin Harner, 51 years old, and he's still in competitive motorcycle racing. That's a, that's a competitor. That's, that's an adventurer. I asked him last night how old he was and what he was doing, if he's still doing this, and he said, yeah, he still is but he's now doing the old guy's class. That's okay. He's still competing. He said, say anything, but make me still sound like I'm fast. Brent Floyd. Brent's back here. He's 54. He's still in competitive motorcycle racing. Hallelujah. He says he has a new motto now, though, at 54. Don't go any faster than what you want to hit the ground. But he's still competing. That's what we're designed for, men. We're designed to be out there making an adventure. Richard and Linda Floyd, they snow skied until they were 64. They're still in excellent condition. They're going out west with their big fifth wheel every year still at 78 and 77. Praise the Lord. Richard jumped out of a perfectly well-running airplane with this little thingy on his back at the age of 71. That's what I'm talking about, guys. Let's be adventurers. Let's do something besides sitting on the couch eating potato chips. Buzz and Donna Charles. Buzz just turned 76 a couple weeks ago. Him and Donna. They camp all over everywhere. They just bought a pontoon last summer. Terry and Eddie Stroll, 73 and 72, respectively. 
even after them having a horrendous motorcycle accident in 2007, they still camp all over everywhere. They've been all over the United States. They've been in nearly every nook and cranny of the U.S. on a motorcycle. In fact, that's where they're at this morning. They are on their three-wheel motorcycle over in Ohio someplace riding around. Here's one that amazes me within our congregation. Howard and Bonnie Rutherford, 79 and 75 last year, and they water skied last year. Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Doug Perkins, our own Doug Perkins with Harmony House, for several years down in Galveston, Texas, he lived on a boat in Galveston Bay. He said he rode out two Category 1 hurricanes in his boat. Doug, just go like this. <laughs> man, he's a man. Don't advise it, but hey, that's a man. <laughs> I love it. Adventure. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm mindful of others, Larry and Linda Shaper, before Larry's passing. They was... Terry and Eddie's sidekicks, been all over the country. Richard and Dorothy Sears, I think Richard's 95 or 96 now. They've been all over the country, all over the world, actually. Max and Jean Bramwell, I mean, I could go on and on. Bob and Gina Stout, well, we see them on Facebook all over everywhere. You guys go, you guys do things, you, you are living lives of adventure. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but I want you to remember here, I'm talking about there is an adventure to live. And with all that said, it doesn't have to be something whoop de doo It doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to be where you're spending a lot of money. It doesn't have to be Turkey Run or the Tetons, even though that would be nice. It can be something simple, just as simple as just taking a ride out through the countryside and looking what's going on out in the country. It doesn't have to be big, but men, take your bride, take your beauty on an adventure. Take her on an adventure. And it can be something very simple. Now, here's the next point. Men, your bride is not the adventure. Huh? Your bride is not the adventure. Take her on an adventure. If she is your adventure, I'll guarantee you that within a year of your marriage, she becomes bored. And she becomes dissatisfied. Because she is not the goal. We need to be taking them on an adventure. Jackie is not necessarily an adventurous outward she, she would be perfectly satisfied in staying at home and having the grandkids over. She would be fine with that. But I take her on adventures. We went out west last year. We were going to go again this year, but got canceled because of COVID. But we're still going places. We're doing things. I take her camping. We do some things. And after it's all over with, she is so glad that we've done those things. I want to take her on an adventure. And realize that she is not the adventure. We have a great time together, don't we? Amen. Amen. It's a great way to live. Praise the Lord.
Anybody getting anything from this? <clears throat> we men are created by God to flex our muscles, grind it out, overtake and overcome, pursue and hunt down. But you know, some days, there are just some days. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. Gals, you know what I'm talking about. There are just some days that there is no adventure in that day. I mean, the adventure you may have had for a particular day may be nothing greater than finding the close parking lot at Walmart. I mean, listen, if a guy is, I mean, this is within him. This is the way he's wired. He's looking for the right spot. He's hunting a parking Women take a parking spot. Men hunt down a parking spot. And women, please, do not emasculate your man over such an issue. Emasculate. Let me see if I can find it. Emasculate means to take away a man's purpose. Take away his drive. You know, you may have to walk 30 feet further because he didn't pick the parking spot you would have. But don't make an issue out of that, gals. It doesn't matter. He found the parking spot he wanted. Or at least the best one that was available. You know, you may have three places to go in a day. This might sound a little personal. I guess maybe it is. You may have three places to go in a day's time. And it doesn't make any difference which order you went to those places. But if he didn't go to those places in the same order that you would have, don't make an issue of that, gals, because you are emasculating his decisions. I'm serious. This is the truth. It doesn't matter which order you go to those three places in. Don't make an issue out of it. Don't emasculate your man. Hallelujah. Proverbs 27, 15 says this, a constant dripping faucet and a nagging wife are the same. Hey, God said that. I didn't. <laughs> I have to agree with God. Hey, gals, it's Father's Day. It's not Mother's Day. <laughs> But it's so true, gals. And I, I, I think you realize that. But I do think sometimes subconsciously we don't, you gals don't realize how you knock the legs out from underneath your man. Support him. And let him be wild. Because we are wild at heart. That's the way we're wired. I was thinking about this. We went to Florida last year and other years. Many of you go to Florida. You're driving down there. Why is it that you go the speed limit and you get ran over? It's because it's a race. Hey, man, it is testosterone on wheels when you're going to Florida, going down the interstate. I mean, we have to beat the other guy there. I mean, I pull into a gas station, and the guy pulls up to me. I've already passed him three times, and he pulls up beside me, and I look at him, and I said, hurry up, 
Make this a fast bathroom break. We've got to beat that guy. (laughs) Who is that guy? I don't know. It makes the race more intriguing. (laughs) Where's he going? He's going the same direction I am. We have to beat that guy to wherever he's going. It's competition. It's the way we're wired. It's just the way we are put together. Now, there can be estrogen out there on the interstate as well. But men, we were made for that competition. We were wired for that. Hallelujah. The guy... We need to know this. We need to know that God has put us so wonderfully together. He has put us and made us ones to love adventure. You know, Jesus was one who loved adventure. He loved adventure. He was a great example of how a man loves adventure. Jesus said, hey, you 12, you 12, take off in the boat. Go out to the other side. I'll catch up with you later. I got some praying to do. I'll catch up with you later. They're scratching their head. How's he going to catch up with us? We're in a boat. A couple hours later, all of a sudden, they see something on the water. They look closer. It's not something. It's someone. Jesus is walking out on the water in a storm. Jesus loved adventure. And you know what? Adventure is contagious. Whenever you are adventurous, it's contagious to others. Peter, he got excited all of a sudden seeing Jesus in this adventure. He wanted to become part of the adventure too. And he said, Jesus bid me to come. Jesus says, come on, buddy, join me. And he stepped out of the boat. And someone could say, yeah, but he failed. Did he? Or was it the 11 who were still in the boat? Jesus loves an adventure. He was told about his good friend Lazarus. He's about ready to die. He's very sick. What's Jesus do? He loves an adventure. The Bible says that he waits two days. And then he makes his way there. And on his way there, he's delayed a couple of times. He's taking care of some other business. He's really waiting Long enough for Lazarus to die. Why did he do that? He loves the adventure. And remember this, guys. In the adventure, in an adventure, God can be glorified. God is not glorified in fossilization of a human being. Whenever we are couch potatoes, God is not glorified in that. But in an adventure, God can be glorified. What happens? Lazarus is raised from the dead. Hallelujah. There are adventures to live. So live it and allow Jesus to be glorified. Praise the Lord. And fathers, take your bride, as I said before. Take your bride on an adventure. Take your children on an adventure. and Eventually, your grandchildren. Take them on an adventure. Point three. Point three is this. There is a beauty to rescue. A beauty 
there's so much more to this word beauty than the outward appearance. I'm talking about this morning that inward beauty that every woman possesses. There's an inward beauty that God has wired them with. And so, men, there is a beauty to rescue. Adam was given all of nature. He was given all the sea and everything that was in it. But you know what? He was never fulfilled until Eve came along. He had to name all of those animals. Can you imagine the task that that was? I mean, millions of names he had to come. And he starts out great. Hippopotamus. Rhinoceros. All these long. And by the time he's done, he's so tired. It's cat and dog and rat. And all of a sudden, woman appears. Whoa. Woo, she was fashioned. And he is excited. And there's a beauty to rescue. Praise the Lord. Romeo had his Juliet. King Arthur fights for Guinevere. Robin rescues Maiden Marian. And how many of you guys remember? How many of you remember in elementary school? Maybe just shortly before junior high school. Whenever you found out that that pretty girl in your class liked you. Remember that feeling? See a few heads nodding. And it's different than likes that you get on Facebook. I mean, you know, you come alive. There's something in you. You're starting to get to that age where the testosterone's beginning to multiply. It's totally awesome. And it makes you want to sing and to smell your best when you're standing beside her in the choir. It makes you want to hit the game-winning basket or hit the home run when you see her at the game. It does something. It lights something up in us as men. And you know, young men, they go off to war with a picture of their beauty in their wallet or in their locker. Warplanes have pictures of beauties on the sides of their aircrafts. It's lonely men fighting lonely battles. And that's not the way we were designed. That's not the way we were formed and put together. We have a battle to fight. Now here's the point in all this. Remember Nehemiah's words to the few brave souls defending a wallless Jerusalem. He says to them, men, don't be afraid. Fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. The battle itself is never enough. A man yearns for romance. It's not enough to be a hero. It's that he is a hero to someone in particular. To the woman he loves. That's what us guys want. Oh, it's not enough to be a hero. We want to be a hero to that one in particular. There's also something in the heart of a woman. She wants more than to be simply noticed. She wants to be pursued and ultimately captured and captivated. She wants to be desired and to be delighted in. You know, sometimes we men would rather take a beating than to sit down and hear the heart of our wife. 
That's one of our battles, guys. We have to battle that. We need to be able to sit down and hear her heart. That's something that we need to overcome. Fight for her in her battles. Fight for her, whatever her battles might be. And once again, it might be her weight. It might be her self-esteem. It might be her worth or her purpose. I know Jackie really fought what her purpose was once we become empty nesters. Suddenly she thought, okay, now what are my responsibilities? What am I to do now? And I fought with her in reclaiming her identity and her purpose. Guys, let's do that for our beauties. Hallelujah. Jesus rescued the beauty. He's a great example. Praise the Lord. Jesus was able to absolutely be the best rescuing of beauties ever exemplified. In John chapter 8, Jesus is put into a position to either condemn a woman or rescue her. You remember the story? The woman was caught in adultery. She was thrown out into the, the public arena. And she was charged with being caught in the very act of adultery. And they pointed to Jesus trying to catch him and said, What do you say be done to her? He looks at her with great compassion and love. And he lifts her up. And he says, one of you who has no sin, you cast the first stone. Little by little, the rocks begin to drop. And they begin to file out. And finally, when that last man left the area, he looked at her and he says, woman, where are your accusers? In other words, is there no one able or worthy or willing to throw a stone at you. And he looked at her and he said, Woman, neither do I condemn you. But then he gave her the ultimate challenge. Go and sin no more. And you know what? He just rescued the beauty. He made her feel like no other man had ever made her feel. And it was pure. It was holy. It was righteous. But guys, that's what our wives want from us they want us to rescue them do they make mistakes do they do some things that they wish they had done differently just like us yes but let's turn around and rescue them and not allow them to be living a life of defeat and discouragement jesus did something similar with the woman at the well she had five husbands and the one she was living with now wasn't her she was living with the guy Jesus didn't condemn her, but he showed her the greatest love she had ever experienced. He also did it with the woman who was wiping his feet with her tears and drying his feet with her hair. She was more than likely a prostitute, had been, but he showed her such tremendous love. She looked in his eyes and she felt, she felt the rescuing from a man. She felt what all of us guys should be willing to pour out for our women, for our gals. Such love and such compassion. Hallelujah. Men, we have beauties in our lives. I've got a beautiful, wonderful, awesome woman in my life. She makes my father's days worth it. 
But are you fighting for them or are you fighting with them? I'm telling you guys, there's a battle to be fought. There's an adventure to live. And there's a beauty to rescue. We have been mandated by God the Father. We have been wired particularly. Don't be ashamed of being wild at heart. Don't be afraid of manhood. And gals, let your man be a man. Amen. I want to challenge anyone here as I look around. There may not be any need for this, but I want to say it anyway. Would there be anyone here this morning who would say, I need to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? I'll tell you what, he has a destiny for each and every one of us. Is there anyone here this morning who would say, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior this morning? If you know that need in your life, raise your hand. And I'll pray for you this morning. There's no better time than today. Secondly, men, I am going to ask you to repeat after me. Only if you feel this, only if you resonate with this message this morning, I want you to repeat after me. If you don't, if you're good, you can remain silent. Otherwise, men, repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the way you have put me together. I receive the challenge to be everything you have called me to be. I repent of my sin. I repent of being passive. And I will take authority over the devil in Jesus' name. I will stand up for my family and I will do what you've called me to do. I will be a man of God. I will be an adventurer. I will be a battler and I will be a rescue of my beauty. And I claim all that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.